Hi, beauty. I'm so grateful you were led to this podcast. I'm your host, Miranda. Hi. I'm a wife, coach, and mom to four world changers. And this is the Recalibrating Hearts podcast. It's my heart that in this space, you would encounter the love of the Father and receive downloads, revelations, and solutions for partnering with God in your breakthrough. You'll also hear how we're building our family, powerful prayers and declarations for you, and ways to incorporate natural solutions for whole health. I think it's time to normalize spiritual breakthrough and walk in freedom with whole hearts. Holy Spirit, you get full permission to recalibrate our hearts. Let's go. There's so much found in conversation and questions and just listening to someone's story. I hope you find yourself or fi- at least glean some gold nuggets from today. Now, I interview and talk with Christine. Christine Marie is a previous foster parent of 10 years and adoptive mom. She is a biblical-based mindset coach and entrepreneur. She is passionate about helping women make an impact and have an influence in the kingdom. She is married to her husband of 22 years and lives with her four children and grandfather in Las Vegas, Nevada. Here is my interview with Christine. Well, hello, everyone. I am so honored to bring to you an interview, but really a conversation between friends. My friend Christine is here, and you'll hear the bio in the beginning. You heard the bio in the beginning. Really, I just felt like the Lord um, highlighted this relationship to be on this podcast, but also he loves relationships. He loves bringing two kingdom women together to really, I just felt before when we started praying too, like fragrance goes up before him. And then really the fragrance of the Lord comes out of this conversation and goes into your hearts and your minds and the stories we share and the stories we tell as we break bread together online, just over time, it means something to the Lord. And even in the word, actually, Christine, it's coming up that he'll write a, uh, I think a book of remembrance of those that talk about him. And I know I just like hacked that scripture, but he'll write a book of remembrance. And I just feel even, you know, too, when we're messaging back and forth, there's something about kingdom and divine friendships and relationships, right? Absolutely. So much so, yes. Yes. So I, I just wanted to really um, just bring you on to share the world with you and just my listeners with you. And also we'll get into how to get a hold of you, how they can connect with you. I feel like there's definitely a remnant that needs to hear about the fostering and everything that's coming up. But for now, welcome to the show. So happy to have you. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited to be here. I wish people knew how many laughs we share. Like that's my favorite part about our friendship is just how we're both funny, like really funny. (laughs) We're real. We're real. And I just, you're like, I don't, I love that, you know, transparency is healing, but we're funny. We're real. We, you know, we can get into it, but for now, I'll just say like the examples we talk about, it's just like, I didn't like, you know, I don't like my kids all the time. And we're like rolling because we see it though. It's not like we, Oh, we love our kids, but you know what I'm saying? I just love that we can be like, yes. I don't like them yesterday. I didn't like them, you know, and we roll, but <laughs> it's an honor to have you. And I've really been looking forward to this one. God put it in my heart for you to be on here, but also I just love that you respect that we can go deep right away. So I'm going to go deep. And we've already talked about like, if something doesn't resonate or land, you're just going to, we're going to pivot and we'll just see where the Holy spirit, the Holy spirit gets the mic. So ready to go. Are we ready to dive Amen. in? Amen. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So I really would like to know, Christine, when did God become real in your life? Like what comes to mind when I ask that question? You know, it's so crazy because so as you know, like I was in utero at church, like I was baptized really young. 
I grew up in the church. We went to youth group. I mean, you name it, it was church. We did the church cookie cakewalks. Like I was all up in church all the time. I loved it. I went to church camp, but it was crazy because I always had this kind of like, do you call it like condemnation? Like I felt... Yeah. And I just carried this weight, like God was going to be mad at me. And um, I just had to keep working hard for, for his blessings, right? It's crazy because I grew up and we went to a few different types of church, right? Labels of churches. It wasn't until, so we were foster parents for 10 years. We took in 77 foster kids. All of them were extremely high needs. These are kiddos who not the average foster parent would take in just because of the level of care that they required. So, but it wasn't until that 10 year mark when God was like, you are done foster care. Your foster care journey is over game over. It ended. Um, it wasn't like, let's slowly trim the branch. It was like hacksaw branch over cut off. Mm. And I remember, um, walking in my hallway and just falling to the ground and collapsing. Like, God, what am I going to do now? Like what most people ask when they're 18, like, what do I do with the rest of my life? And I was 37 collapsing to the floor saying, God, what do I do next? Like, this is my identity. I am a foster parent. That's who I am. That was when I didn't have the strength to even pick myself up. Mm. And that was where I found him. Ooh, come on now. That was where I found the relationship. Ooh. That's where he, I felt him saying, mm. been here the whole time and you never once saw me. Come on. And so that was where I found him. That's where I found him was at my deepest, darkest moment of pain and shattering, you know, where he said, I am your identity, not foster care, not adoption. We did adopt our two daughters from foster care. So thank you, Jesus, for that. But it hasn't been easy. But that was it was that moment where I couldn't pick myself up, but he picked me up. Wow. It's so beautiful, Christine. So many listeners are going to find themselves in that. I know it. It's like an imagery of the Lord coming. When you said that you were done and all that, I remember him saying in my, in the, one of the way weakest times of my life as a single parent being like, I'm like, I have nothing left. And, and what am I going to do? Like, right. What am I going to do? Not so much my fourth identity crisis is my second one. What am I going to do? And he's like, at the end of yourself, like when you collapse, this is what it reminded me of. He's like, is the beginning of me. I start where you end. And I'm just like, what a precious moment between, yes, it was probably deep pain and trauma you were going through while you were on the floor. Like no, you don't fall over from exhaustion by just being like, I'm tired. You know, this is like a major, and how, what a beautiful picture of Jesus being like, beloved, I had you all. Oh man. I'm just, that's the way to start this out. Come on, Lord you get the glory. He's right there in your pain. He was right there all along. How did you rebuild? Oh man, I know I go for the juggler sometimes, but how did you like, how did you like rebuild from there or what comes to mind when it starts? Like what steps does someone take if they're right there? That's a hard question. Cause it truly was. And now I know what that is called where before I did not. Now I know that it's called rest and mm-hmm. it is, I didn't know what that was listening to. So there was um, a friend, I don't even, 
I have no clue who it even was, but I love them. But they introduced me to this church and they said, this is such an amazing church. And I'm like, that is 45 minutes away. I'm not driving 45 minutes to go to church. No, nope, that's so silly now, right? <laughs> no, like I don't drive that far for church. Like I could drive that far for everything else and to go shopping, but not for church, right? So they just, um, they were, and I was like, but I'll listen to the sermons, right? So I literally listened. And this was my first experience with spiritual gifts. Like, what are those? Mm. What is a relationship with God? And it was literally, I consumed every single church sermon that that church had online on their app. I consumed every single service at every single moment. I surrounded myself with worship music in between the crying and the weeping and allowing and confusion, but just allowing myself to be broken. I feel like so often as women, especially, we don't want to allow ourselves to be broken. We don't want to ask for prayer. We don't want to reach out for words of encouragement from others or allowing, even allowing that opportunity, right? Like even stepping forward and saying, I am broken right now. Acknowledging that I am in the deepest valley. When you're not uh, acknowledging that, like it's like you're shutting off and saying, I don't want the world to know about my suffering and my trials because, but it it takes you away from it almost robs part of God's gift because there are like, that's why he gives us community in church. Right. So for me to sit there and listen to every single sermon that was available until one day I was like, I'm out of sermons. What do I do? My husband's like, maybe we should go to that church. (laughs) That's such a good idea. We went to that church and it was, have you ever been to those churches where you walk in and it's like, Jesus lives here. Oh yeah. By ball. When I go to those churches. And it was nothing I had ever experienced, but the difference wasn't that God's not in every church, but it's that God was now living and breathing inside of me. Mm. Like I had never even heard Like, I thought it was the Holy Ghost. Like, he floats around somewhere in the sky. And I didn't know. Casper, yeah. So I didn't know that he lived inside of me until listening to these church sermons. And so it was, the Bible was boring. Mm -hmm. Like, the Bible would put me to sleep. Mm -hmm. And it was, and I was like, oh my gosh, like maybe I should read my Bible. And it mm. was that slow journey mm. that began the healing. But it was, I often say to people, every single thing that you need that God has for you is within arm's reach. Mm-hmm. It's already That's there. Right. Like it's already there. It's already available for you. Like you don't Amen. have to go hunt. Amen. It's not, it's not an Easter egg hunt. Like you, it's there, but mm. all you have to do is what you, he needs you to do is he needs you to open your eyes, right? Take off the bad glasses and put on his. Yes. And good. so it was really just allowing myself that time of rest and not putting an expiration date on it. What if it takes you 10 years to heal? Is it any less, less incredible and less impactful? No. And so that was the, that was the biggest thing I remember um, is just, it was the church sermons. It was the worship music. It was allowing myself to be broken, sharing my brokenness. Yes. So the others could intercede for me mm-hmm. and to intercede in my life, help me physically, but which is also a manifestation of God's physical help, right? It's just him yes. working through others. That's awesome. I hear the word surrender, like you surrendered to the process and the pruning and what the Lord needed to do. You brought yourself to that point. He of course was with you the whole way, but you brought yourself to that point And then you were like, I am done and I need it. But the rest is so powerful because look at what happened in the quote unquote, well, it is rest. I won't quote 
Look what he did in the rest time. Look what he did in the surrender. Look how you traded and you didn't know it at the time. But what I'm seeing is this beautiful trade of, okay, I'm done now. I don't know what to do. And he's your ever present help. Like he's right there. But look at the trade. You got way more back than you gave, or he gave you way more than you gave in a way. You know what I mean? The pain. Here's the pain. Here's the trauma. Here's this, here's that. And God's like, sweet. Let me just give you basically a whole new life. Let me heal you and make you. Well, it was. It was crazy because my first response, right, our our first earthly response is fight. I'm going to fight this. I'm looking for justice. Really, truly, like living in that victim mindset. Preach. Living in that mindset of, well, if this didn't happen, then this wouldn't have happened. And then if this didn't happen, and the truth is, which I didn't know this, is God makes allowances for every single if this happens. That's good. Let's just, like, it's just a detour on the pathway, right? Okay, well, I guess you're going to take the detour, but you're still going to end up on the same path. But fine, if you want to take the detour, let's take the detour. And he's still with us. Like he's still with us. Allowances for the ifs. Allowances. Allowances. Whatever you said was fire there. I mean, truthfully, it was a lot of that fighting and that victim mindset and that, which is just pain, right? It's the stages of grief. Allowing yourself to walk through the stages of grief. And as you acknowledge those stages, but knowing that God's there and he's holding your hand right alongside, I feel Mm -hmm. like so often like clarity brings like the ability to fast track things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So like if you, yeah, acceleration. So like, if you know that, that this is the next stage, okay, I'm about to get real mad and real frustrated. And so you can go to God and say, God, how can you help me? Mm-hmm. Like, can we partner on this? Can we co-labor together through this grief, through this anger, through this, whatever it is? So yeah, it was, I do want to acknowledge though, that I did go through that fighting it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Resistance. I mean, to more yeah. pain. What's it going to be if I go under the, if I lift the hood? What what am I going to find if I go through this pain? How coping has served me for so long? And I want to definitely acknowledge it. We we acknowledge it. Let's normalize. We can go through the valley of the shadow. We can go through the fire, but we just don't stay there or camp out there. Chris Valton, just don't camp out there. Well, tell me, why do you think victim, and this might be, why do you think victim mindset and that self-pity and stuff is so welcoming? I just don't understand it myself sometimes. Yeah. What, what comes up for you when I say that? It's interesting because not until you just asked that right there. I feel like we often struggle and I'm just flowing with what the Holy Mm -hmm. Spirit's telling me right now, but we often struggle with the mindset that God has placed our anointing on the opposite side of. I feel like God's anointing is my strength to Mm -hmm. speak truth and to be a voice for those who aren't able to yet. Yes. Voice to the voiceless. I love it. Mm. So if I sit in that victim mindset, that's exactly where the enemy wants me. But it's the opposite. Like I feel like, you know, the world takes everything God does and twists it just a little bit. So what if we were to look at where, where our biggest struggles were and find maybe that's where God's biggest anointing on my life is. So when I was looking for, you know, when I felt like foster parenting was my identity, what if it was portion of God's path to bring me to clarity? I don't know. I feel like the that victim mindset was something, I mean, it kept, even goes back to even my birthdays. Like every birthday I had, I was like, it's going to be the worst birthday ever. Nobody's going to remember me. Everybody's going to forget. Nobody's going to show up to my birthday parties. It was literally my whole life like that. Poor, poor me. So, but it's isolating, right? Mm -hmm. Where does the enemy want us isolated? It wasn't until I realized my birthday is the day God created me. 
to walk on this earth. And no wonder the enemy wants me feeling so bad about that. So what if we were just to take a flashlight on those mindsets, right? I don't know. And this year was the first year I'm like, it's my birthday. I got so many flowers. It looked like there was a funeral and somebody said, well, what if it was a wedding? And I was like, oh yeah, it's not a funeral wedding. You're right. (laughs) And so I was like, you're right. I should probably be optimistic. It's not a funeral. It's a wedding, right? Like, but it was like, it was such a good birthday. And you know, that was the first year that I didn't walk around with like pity. Like, wow. oh, and I was able to didn't even get like a significant amount of gifts or anything like really like amazing and incredible. But it was cool because like that was the best part. Just allowing it was freedom. Freedom from that weight. That's big. That's a neat testimony, Christine. Like definitely share it in the future because God, there I I love that we're talking about victim mindset and self-pity because yeah. Who isn't, who hasn't gone through it? I mean, I guess unless you, I don't even want to go there, but who hasn't gone through that? But when you were saying about the victim in that birthday party, and I just really felt like the Holy Spirit's like, it's harder to receive, which I don't know if you're unable to receive. I'm not going to say, oh, it's unable. This is gospel. Harder to receive when you're in victim and self-pity. And he just wants his children to receive. He's a good father. So it's almost like the receptor, the door is closed to stuff. And that's just shaking me in a good way right now. It's shaking me. Next time I want to go back into self-pity or victim because it tries to talk. Oh no, no. I want, I want to receive everything the Lord has for me. That just shook me. That's good. It needed to shake me. That's really good. Lord. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing this story because I know others especially other women can find themselves in it, but also the gentleness and you guys can tell you're an amazing coach, like the gentleness you're sharing it with and compassion that's in your voice and the love towards yourself. I'm just like, if I, if I could, I'd ball right now. I just want to stay on track because how far the Lord's brought you, even in the time we coached and we knew each other, or we've known each other. I'm like, oh, this is the Lord, the hand of the Lord on your life. It's so beautiful. It's so beautiful to witness um, hope, hope against hope and and what you've endured. Anything more on that before we shift? No, I think, yeah, I think that was a message yeah, that, <laughs> that he wanted to share. <laughs> it was a beautiful, but the highlighting the part, clarity brings breakthrough or clarity brings acceleration. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to be in the dark. Now, like I trust God if I don't, understand stuff, but I love those of you in the middle of messes or the middle of pain right now, or the middle of that really take Christine's words of like using the hardships as a flashlight or asking God to shine his light, which he will on your situation to be like, dude, what does the enemy not want me to see? What am I missing here? How do I break through this, become all you want? You know, that was that was beautiful. There is some gold for the, for people going through that right now. Thank you, Father. I feel like I want to ask because you've answered some of it. So see if there's anything left here. How has God used pain or trauma or really what the enemy intended for harm in your life? How has he used it for his glory? How has he, sh- you know, shifted it and, and flipped it, but basically flipped tables in your life to use it for his glory? Mm-hmm. You've talked about some of it, but I just want to see if anything else is there. We'll squeeze that out. So it was interesting because when I was a foster parent, like I said, we were foster parents for 10 years. Um, I was on the governor's task force. I was sworn in by the Senate to be on several committees. I was the foster parent, a foster parent mentor. I was the state foster parent president. Mm-hmm. I had every year we did, um, oh my gosh, we had my husband and I uh, put Christmas trees at different build or different businesses. And I would go so confidently right to these businesses and ask if we could put a Christmas tree there and we collected a lot of times so a lot of times in foster care what they do is they'll collect gifts at different businesses locations right and then as a foster parent they'll say you can come pick up gifts for your kid and then you get this bag of gifts and it's so generous and so amazing but they don't really they don't really the stuff your kid wanted right 
Like it's not really on their list and hard because you don't want to be unappreciative because you're so thankful for the generosity of people. But yet Christmas of all times, you want to give these kids who've been through so much trauma and had so much hard outcomes. You want to give them their heart's desire more than any other time. And so we would actually ask for biggest gift somebody wants. Like we would ask foster parents across the state. And I mean, across the state we had, we would call them, we had volunteers and you know, one of them was my dad and he would drive five hours to deliver gifts to different counties. It was what is the biggest gift, the number one item your foster child wants? And we would put that on a hang tag, right, at these locations that people would buy them their biggest desire. It was the most amazing. It was so incredible. And we did that for multiple years and we did hundreds and hundreds of foster kids every single year. You know, it was so incredible. And what I realized, the other side of that, I was becoming so worldly. And mm-hmm. I this was before finding that relationship with God, right? But I was going to church, so mm-hmm. I was good. And mm-hmm. I was doing all the service stuff, right? So I was so good. Yeah. Checking those check marks off like A++, right? I became so arrogant, so incredibly arrogant. I was so full of myself. My striving, striving to be the best foster parent ever. I was so judgmental of all the biological parents Hmm. and what they had done and put their children through. And that's why they were in my home. How dare you put your child through? And you guys, this is hard stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the part I never saw was through the eyes of God, which was what hard stuff have they been through that they would allow their own child to be in this position? I don't think any parent Mm -hmm. puts their child in a hard place wanting that for their child. Now, I do believe there's some really not good people in this world too, Mm -hmm. right? But for the most part, I believe that God asked me to walk into the foster care world to help rehabilitate these foster or these biological parents and share the word of Jesus with them and not want to take their children. And my goal was to adopt from the foster care world. That was what I wanted. Mm. So the opportunity was there for me to serve and share the word of Christ and help really build these people up in their worst and most painful and most trying situation, which a lot of it's generational, right? Yes, They're doing what they were told, what they were shown. A lot of what I share now is, you know, our brain pathways are programmed from the beginning when we're born, right? Mm -hmm. And in utero. And so they are literally walking out what they've experienced. Yes. For me, it wasn't for our foster care journey ending. I'm thankful now because Mm -hmm. I'm really thankful that I was able to see, wow, like I was really messing that up. And even though a lot of people didn't see how arrogant I was, God did. Mm -hmm. And that the only person that matters, right? Because he's after our heart. Mm -hmm. That was, I think the biggest thing is seeing Mm -hmm. when I looked at these birth parents and maybe they had uh, or biological parents, whatever term you want to use, and their child was in my care or their child was in somebody else's care, looking at them with judgment, that's not the heart of God. That was not the heart of God at all. And that was my heart. I don't know. And so that was, that was, I think the biggest thing that I'm thankful for new perspective, right? Just so thankful. God loved me enough to take that from my life so that I could have new, new eyes to see, right? Huge, man. 
like the scales fell off in the middle of your, it's almost like the scales fell off your eyes or, okay, if he heals the heart, then we see different. So he must've like, obviously he was healing your heart. So you could be like, oh my goodness. And, and, and I feel like too, he saved you in a way from yourself. Like he's done with me, save me yeah. from myself because what I judge, I'm not saying what we judge, we become, but man, when we put that out there and judge for me too, Ooh, I've had to walk out of judgmentalism so much. It's like, I'll, I'll, it'll start being used against me. And he's like, Hey, beloved, you might want to, that showed you uh, in your pain and how you could relate. And so it sounds like the scales fell off. You were able to see, and it was your part you recited, which is, it takes so much people. Are you listening? Because this is so hard. I don't know if this is hard. I love hearing it because people are going to get set free, but just talk about, yes, we're not there anymore. You're not there anymore. And still creeps up things. Talk to me. It's so much humility right now, Christine. And I just honor your humility and I honor your humbleness. Your, I honor your courage to tell your story. Yes. You might not be walking in that right now, but it's still like the stupid, mm, for me, the pride of self and the mm-hmm. self, it's about the kingdom of self. Like that had to crumble in my life to like bear fruit for the kingdom. Like, what about, does that mm-hmm. resonate with you? Like, that? Well, the, the interesting part is, is like, who was I to think that any sin is greater? Like, why did I think that my sin of whatever is less impactful, less sin, right? Yeah, minimize. Like, does, does God say all sin is equal? Like, when he looks at us, does he look at us and say, oh, let me check my list, right? Oh, I see 42 sins on here that you've committed in the past month. Like he doesn't do that. Mm -hmm. My eyes, when I looked at these birth parents, when I would take the child to visit their parents was, oh, I remember what you did. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I don't think God wants us to look at any of that or even, you know, even my, our daughters now that we adopted, does he want me looking at them and saying, well, I remember what you did in 2012 or keeping a list and checking it twice, right? Literally on everything they've done. Because I don't want him to do that to me, but right. yet he was, I was doing that to everybody else. And so that was the piece that, I mean, what if we actually renewed our minds on God, what God actually says? Like, it's crazy when you read the Bible, like it's crazy because you're like, God says I'm a co-heir to the throne of the kingdom. Like what? Right. Right. Totally. Totally. People are like, no, not you. I know. I know. No, you're left out. No, I'm a child of God. But you're right. When the mind starts renewing, wow, Lord, what comes to mind when you hear the word? And I don't even ask this to most people. So, you know, what comes to mind when you hear the word healing? Like God is such a healer, man. He is. You know, the one thing that comes to mind is exhale. Like I can breathe. <sighs> like I can take a full mm-hmm. breath in and a full breath out. Truth be told, this is so far from last build. I have a, a smartwatch, right? And I've been tracking mm-hmm. my sleep. My deep sleep is like terrible. Yep. And every day I'm like, why can't I get any good deep sleep? Like maybe I just need to sleep more. And then it's, <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> and it was interesting because my husband, he said, you know, it's because your mind is always so busy. Wow. So to get to that point of true deep sleep means surrendered right? Mm -hmm. You can exhale, you can breathe, you are not burdened. That's where I think true healing is, right? True healing is that partnership that you don't, you're not doing it alone. Like you're not doing anything alone. You're not even brushing your teeth alone. Like you are like, I feel like it's truly is if you were able to be, have you ever been to Disneyland? No, not yet. Or like a really busy shopping center. Right. Yes. And there's like 
hundreds of people around you, right? So and many. it's so loud. It's so busy. You have a million things going through your mind. Maybe your kids are there. Mm-hmm. They're just like going crazy. Mm-hmm. You're like, why did I do this? Like mm-hmm. being able to almost freeze time mm-hmm. and you could picture yourself with God right next to you and find just like wow. silence mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. I think that's where you find true healing is when you can mm-hmm. picture yourself or visualize yourself with Jesus at every moment of the day and you just can pull in. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's where I'm headed. That's where that's my vision of healing. No, totally amazing. Because what comes to mind is oneness. And I've been asking the father, and I don't know if I have to activate it. I don't have to do anything to it, but to anchor myself in the oneness, I'm like, Lord, I just step into Jesus, right? I step into Yeshua. Like, but the word says he's in me and I'm in him. So I've been that's when you were talking with the mall and everything. I'm like, yeah, you're in him. And he's in you. And the the oneness, that's what it sounds like oneness to me. What does that look yeah. like? And so it seems like, yes, you're going after it. Just like, yeah. but for those listening, I want you to say like, I just like to activate things sometimes to right. my right. soul. You're in right. Christ you know, and my spirit is. So just to help my soul along, I'm like, I'm in you, Lord, and you're in me. And how do I do that? Like, what does this look like? And so, yeah, that's a beautiful picture of healing, Christine. Like it might just be for you, but other people can get an imagery of that and visualization of that. Like that's beautiful because we've been in well, malls, we've been in crazy. Yeah. Well, and especially like, you know, feeling like, you know, if you're in that valley right now, right. And if you're in that place where you're just, and it can be related to anything, right. Where you are just like, God, are you out there? You're not, or maybe you're not feeling like you hear from God. You don't know how yet. And it's just allowing yourself that time to get quiet and step away, right? Even if it's for five minutes, um, or maybe it's sitting in your car before you go inside for a few minutes Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Maybe it's your kids are inside watching a movie and you step outside and it's freezing. It doesn't matter, but you get that quiet Mm -hmm. for you to just get quiet, tune everything out. And can you breathe? That's a good question. It's just connection and finding him in the Mm -hmm. middle of there's so much treasure in that. And there's so much treasure in you, Lord. We just love you. What's like a takeaway that you had from our coat time coaching together? I want this thread. I want to pull on this thread quickly. Yeah. I think the biggest thing was the introduction to this visualization. Now I realize that activates theta portion of your brain, right? Which God designed for us to be in deep meditation and deep prayer with him to slow us down so we can hear him, right? That was the first time that somebody said, let's get quiet and let's walk with Jesus. What do you imagine he looks like? Are you seeing the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit? Who do you see? So that was I would say the most impactful because it was truly and it, it that was just a starting point right it's like and all the goodness is what comes after you're in that place for me it was seeing fields of crop fields of flowers or fields of dreams or fields of whatever it was that God planted in your field right and then asking myself am I planted is my tree planted close to the water wow. can my roots drink at all moments. Those roots, do they carry off? And, you know, I visualize they carried off into the field and then they're, they're, they're hydro- the water that they took on the stream, right? Could carry through the tree and th- back throughout the other roots, right? To nourish the other plants. I love that God planted different goals and different dreams and different desires in every single one of us, but we're all needed Mm-hmm. to walk out our calling and our purpose to accomplish his plan. Amen. So he's depending on every single one of us. You working with you and seeing this visualization 
and walking into those secret places. That was the piece that once you do it once, like we all have mirror neurons in our brain, which once we see something, then we're able to do it again because somebody showed us. Like if you gave me a loaf of French bread and you're like, go make me these, I'm like, good luck. Like I'll go buy you some, <laughs> it's not happening. But if you were like, here, I'm going to come with you and we're going to bake bread together. And then I know how to bake bread now. And so that's what working with you does. It shows somebody else. You walk alongside people and you show them how to break, bake bread. Good. That was the, the biggest piece. And you know, our brains are created so incredibly like, and God did that. I'd like that you said that theta. Cause you know, here's me. What does it do? Like I'm, I'm hanging on to your words, right? I'm like learning because my coach walked me into that. The Holy spirit's been doing that way before my other coach. And I don't know why we wouldn't use our imagination or visualization for the Lord. First I'll ask before we close, is there anything else on your heart for our listeners, my listeners, or is there anything else that you want to share? I think the biggest thing on my heart to share is that no matter where you're at in your journey of, are you in the deepest Valley, the darkest place right now? Are you, things are looking up or things are amazing. You are out of the valley or maybe you've never even had a valley, right? I know there are people like that. For you, I would just encourage you to just be present in that. Mm -hmm. Do we ever really want to be present in our suffering? I'd rather not, but I feel like that's where God shows up the most. That's the hardest time, but it's also the time that's most refining. If you're brave enough, you don't have to be, right? Maybe just share it with one person what you're struggling with so that you can allow God to work through that person or maybe work through other people and not be, you know, for me, I stayed isolated for a while. Isolation is where the enemy wants us. Maybe sharing with one person, maybe sharing with five people, maybe just, maybe it's an anonymous card to your church asking for prayer. I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, pushing through the heartbreak or leaning on him, you know? Yeah, both. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Like, don't stay there. But also that was an awesome call to action for people that find themselves wherever they find themselves to be present, Mm -hmm. connect with the Lord, like gold. That's just so much treasure there because he's in us. And I don't want to lose awareness of of that. I think we can choose to lose awareness and I don't want to, I want to bring to light something. I'm just so proud of you and just want to honor you. Um, God is the God of divine relationships. He's divine. Mm -hmm. He connects people and really where can the listeners, especially the ones that highlight, like if foster care was highlighted to you or foster parenting was highlighted to you, or you have an amazing resource with Dr. Darlene and Elena. Tell us where they can find you with that and then just where else they can find you. That'd be awesome. So you can find me on Instagram or on Facebook at Christine Marie have um, partnered recently with Dr. Darlene Lobel. Um, She is a neurosurgeon and a neuroscientist. She's also an author, podcast speaker. She's an amazing, incredible prophetic woman of God. We have partnered together. She's also an adoptive mom. We adopted as well. And so we have partnered together to build a coaching program for foster and or adoptive parents. It's an eight-week coaching program. We also have a free workshop you can find on both of our social media. It's truly about restoration, restoration for these Mm -hmm. really hard, challenging diagnoses that kids adopted through the foster care system struggle with. Also the brokenness in the family and all the stuff that people only share on private Facebook groups because it's so filled with shame. And it's a coaching program specifically to help you break free 
and to stop living in that place and to walk forward with all of the provision that God has for you. Yes. A safe place. It sounds like that's Mm -hmm. super special. And I'm so excited for that relationship that you have with her and just how you were like, I want to get certified. I need to get certified. Hey, look, look at what God's doing now. Like you stepped through the doors and now he's like, sweet. Now I can use both of you because two is greater than one. I mean, dude, the anointing, the impact, the multiplication of that. Oh, wow. And just release a blessing over you and your endeavors with that, Christine, because that's so amazing. I, and with that, I feel like we can close with that. So thank you everyone for listening. And thank you, Christine, for being on. I see something in the future with us just having another conversation because it's yeah. so meat and so much meat here. Just so appreciate yeah. this time. And thank you. Everyone. You're welcome.